Statins are by far the most common uh, class of cholesterol-lowering medications. Some classic examples here, uh, Simvastatin, brand name Zocor, Atorvastatin, brand name Lipitor, Rosuvastatin, brand name Crestor, and Pravastatin, brand name Pravacol. So remember certainly that statin ending. Now the, the mechanism of, of action here is statins inhibit HMG-CoA reductase. And what that enzyme does is it is a, a critical enzyme in the formation of cholesterol. It's actually what they call the rate-limiting step in the formation of uh, cholesterol. So in particular, what we do with statins is, by inhibiting this enzyme, we ultimately reduce the production of LDL, which is classically called uh, the bad cholesterol. The benefit of lowering cholesterol is we can reduce the risk of heart attack, reduce the risk of stroke, and also reduce the, the risk of atherosclerosis. So these are kind of those fatty-type deposits within the arteries, the vessels, that can lead to constriction and uh, lack of, of blood flow and potentially, obviously, events, like I mentioned, with heart attack and, and stroke. Now, I did want to talk about dosing and timing of taking the dose of statin medications. Cholesterol is primarily produced at night, and so this is often why you will see these medications dosed at night. Now, how particular is this? How important is this? I would much rather have a patient take the medication because we know with uh, statins and cholesterol therapy that adherence is not very good sometimes. So I would definitely make sure the patient can be adherence whatever time of day they take the medication. That's number one. And secondly, some of the shorter uh, half-life statins, uh, such as simvastatin, uh, it's maybe a little more appropriate to, to dose at night or maybe a little more important than, let's say, rosuvastatin, which tends to have a longer half-life. So again, step one is make sure whatever time of the day uh, that they take it regularly. Probably a little bit more preferred at night and especially more preferred at night if it's a shorter half-life statin, such as uh, simvastatin, for example. Now, as far as side effects goes, uh, the most common side effect that you're probably going to uh, hear patients report is myopathy, which is kind of this all-over muscle pain, muscle soreness. I would say that patients maybe have a hyper-awareness uh, to this adverse effect. Generally, this side effect is not life-threatening, but in very rare cases, uh, statins can lead to uh, rhabdomyolysis, which is basically a, a breakdown of uh, muscle or muscle damage, leading to uh, renal failure, potentially. Uh, 
With that said, there is a lab that we can uh, take a peek at, and that lab is CPK, creatinine phosphokinase. And in situations, again, extremely rare situations where this is elevated, uh, that can potentially be due to statin, uh, among statins amongst other things. Now, liver function is also something that is uh, extremely rare. So we, we may have situations where uh, statins may induce uh, liver impairment. And actually, the FDA recently, within the last few years, I guess, recommended that uh, routine liver function testing isn't necessary anymore because of the uh, extreme rareness of liver issues with uh, the, the use of, of statins. So routine monitoring is, is no longer recommended. However, if you've got you know a, a patient with symptoms of liver failure, jaundice, anything like that, certainly um, monitoring or checking liver functions would be an important thing to do. Again, uh, hepatic impairment, hepatic failure has been reported rarely with statins, so it can happen, but keep in mind, extremely, extremely rare. Now, if we have a patient with myopathy, with muscle soreness, and it's, you know, mild to moderate, it's not much of an issue, maybe we've checked CPK, everything's fine there, certainly the patient is going to want to probably stop that statin medication. And, you know, justifiably, that's a, a legitimate thing to do and, and maybe an appropriate thing to do. However, in those situations, we may want to retry the patient on that statin and or switch to a different statin. I've definitely had patients that have trouble tolerating one statin, but they seem to do fine on a different statin. So that definitely is reasonable to consider. Now, if you've had a patient with rhabdomyolysis uh, and or liver toxicity, liver failure due to uh, statin therapy, obviously that's a situation where you'd definitely um, be a lot less likely to uh, re-challenge a, a statin. Definitely something you would probably wouldn't do in, in that situation. But again, if they've just had um, some myopathy, you know, maybe in, in rare cases, you know, some stomach upset or other minor adverse effects, you definitely consider uh, an alternative statin. We've got some drug interactions with statins, probably of highest uh note or most memorable. Uh, we've got other cholesterol medications called fibrates. So gemfibrozole, uh, phenofibrate, and gemfibrozole particularly may be a little bit higher risk for causing uh, myopathy and rhabdomyolysis if used in, in combination with statins. Uh, I have seen them used together particularly maybe a rosuvastatin with gemfibrozole or with phenofibrate. Uh, I have seen um, other statins used as well with these medications. 
and it's one of those situations where you need to uh, weigh the the risk versus benefits. The fibrates are generally used to bring down uh, triglycerides, and if we've got a patient with severely high triglycerides, that may present issues, you know, for pancreatitis or things like that. Um, we may need to utilize both medications. Again, I'll I'll talk about phenofibrates in another uh, podcast, but just something to to think about there. Uh, other drug interactions. So, simvastatin and uh, atorvastatin, lovastatin. Those three tend to be more along the lines of having drug interactions with um, medications and natural supplements that interact with sip uh, 3A4. So grapefruit juice is a classic example there. Grapefruit juice can inhibit sip 3A4 and increase the concentrations of statins. So what that says, if you've got a patient that is on a statin, and now they're taking more grapefruit juice, you may see an increased incidence in adverse effects and concerns because you've got higher concentrations. So again, simvastatin, atorvastatin, uh, lovastatin, those are probably the, the most common ones that tend to have more interactions with 3A4. Pravastatin and rosuvastatin tend to have less drug interactions uh, via 3A4. A couple of other drug interactions that I definitely want to make note of. Uh, simvastatin and amlodipine. So amlodipine is a calcium channel blocker really commonly used for blood pressure. Uh, simvastatin and diltiazem. Simvastatin and amiodarone. Those are all situations where we've got to limit the dose of simvastatin. And with that said, oftentimes if I'm going to recommend a statin medication in a patient that's never been on one before, I generally tend to lean towards a torvastatin first line. So there's a, a couple of reasons why I would generally lean towards a torvastatin. And again, this is you know, going to be uh, in a patient that maybe isn't on many medications and we don't have any concern for uh, drug interactions that way. Uh, but the, the first reason is the torvastatin tends to be a, a little less severe, at least in my experience, as far as the drug interactions go. Uh, whereas simvastatin, like I mentioned, has some of those dose restrictions uh, with that diltiazem, amiodarone, um, and uh, amlodipine, which are, again, are fairly commonly used uh, medications. Uh, the second reason why I oftentimes would recommend atorvastatin would be that we can get to a higher level of cholesterol-lowering intensity. So there are many of these drugs that have, many of these statins that have different intensity levels. So some common examples here, uh, low intensity is pravastatin. It tends to not be quite as potent of a medication. So pravastatin, 10 to 20 milligrams is low intensity. Simvastatin, 5 to 10 milligrams is low intensity. 
moderate intensity, we've got simvastatin, 20 milligrams. We've got atorvastatin, 10 to 20 milligrams. And crestor rosuvastatin, 5 to 10 milligrams. Now, atorvastatin has the advantage of having therapeutic doses in the high-intensity range, as well as rosuvastatin. Atorvastatin, 40 to 80 milligrams is high-intensity, so a greater than 50% reduction in LDL. And rosuvastatin, again, also in the high-intensity category, that 20 to 40 milligram range, again, can reduce LDL uh, greater than, than 50%. So the low intensity is generally less than 30% LDL reduction. Moderate intensity is 30 to 50% LDL reduction. And high intensity is uh, 50 plus percent um, reduction in LDL. Now, I did talk about myopathy a little bit. And I wanted to mention that, you know, if you start a patient on simvastatin or atorvastatin and they have muscle pain, muscle soreness, the patient's going to be very reluctant to try another statin. Oftentimes, uh, you're going to want to gauge that risk of that patient. If this is a patient that has multiple heart attacks, you're going to want to uh, do your due diligence to try to get them on a statin because it can be very, very helpful in reducing the, the risk of another event. With that said, if they've tried simvastatin and atorvastatin, oftentimes pravastatin uh, or rosuvastatin, because of the way the, the medications are broken down, uh, the chemical uh, makeup of the medications they tend to maybe be slightly different, and you may have a better chance of the patient tolerating rosuvastatin or pravastatin compared to uh, atorvastatin and switching them to simvastatin. So again, atorva and simva kind of have, you know, maybe a little bit more similar chemical makeup. Uh, pravastatin and rosuvastatin tend to maybe be a little bit different. Again, this is just kind of, you know, clinical pearls, that type of thing. We certainly can have patients that have uh, myopathy, uh, muscle soreness, or other adverse effects to numerous cholesterol medications. With where we're at in monitoring uh, and assessing patients for the use of statin medications, I did want to um, alert you to a helpful tool, cvriskcalculator.com. Uh, the Mayo Clinic also has a, a statin decision-making tool as well. And within that risk calculator, there's things like smoking, diabetes, hypertension, obviously cholesterol levels, and age. So within that calculator that will uh, basically spit out a number and with those risk factors in place that number that percentage that you'll get is a 10-year risk stratification and from that number you will receive recommendations as to 
you know, what intensity of statin you should utilize. There's also recommendations on aspirin therapy as well. And so I think it's an important tool to, to kind of look at and kind of play around with, see how those risk factors, whether it be smoking or diabetes, really impacts uh, selection and recommendations as well as that 10-year risk of a cardiovascular event. So again, cvriskcalculator.com is oftentimes the, the one that I utilize there. I think that wraps up today's episode. I certainly thank you for listening. You can find a free 100-question pharmacology practice exam at reallifepharmacology.com. Simply uh, subscribing uh, will get you access to that. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. And Take care and have a great rest of your day.